Blog Talk Radio. Nobody is here. 
Hello and welcome to another special edition, long overdue, Rungren Radio Show. Hello, Cruiser Mail. Have you survived your trip back? Hello, Doug. Yes, I'm I'm bouncing back. It's a little slow going because I am I'm having to look at everybody's pictures and videos and and uh, it just makes me a little verklempt, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I miss everybody. It's tough getting back into the grind after such a fun weekend. Happens every year though. But what yeah. a great weekend it was. Thanks to everybody who showed up and participated and those of you who wished you could but had other things that you just couldn't get out of. It was really another successful weekend for our fifth annual event. The two shows were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Party was great. We'll be getting into some details about that if we can. We have three special guests tonight from the weekend. We have the conductor of the Rockford Symphony Orchestra, Steve Larson. We also have the bass player from both shows, Carl Siegfried, who also uh, is on an album and I think partly produced an album that Todd is on that we'll talk about with him. And Eddie Zion, the guest RSO drummer for the weekend. Right. Also a big Todd fan, as most of you know, and a caller, a frequent caller to our show. We'll be talking to all three tonight. If you want to call in, it's 646-716-9262. you got to press 1 to raise your hand. We've already got somebody in who wants to do that. But before we get to that person, we've got to get to our announcements because we've got lots of them and lots of stuff to talk about tonight. So the show's going to fly by, unfortunately. Hope you liked that wailing wall. That was from the first night. Sounded a little slow in my phone for some reason, um, but hopefully it was good enough for you. Sometimes blog talk slows them down for some reason. Yeah, and it was a tiny bit too quiet, but that's okay. It's a good one. Yes. It's yes. a good, good, good version. Uh, great stuff. And you can find it on YouTube if you haven't heard it already. There's plenty up there. You can see how good it is. Um, that was a bootleg, so thanks for whoever gave us that. And speaking of thank yous, Cruiser Mail, we got a lot to give tonight, so why don't we just get started with some of that. I will start with Mark Colarossi, who we haven't really said much about because he wasn't able to attend this year, but he did design the Jesse Gress cake for us. Yes, of course, we had cake this year. Mm-hmm. One of them was a collage of Jesse Gress photos with Mary Lou as well and Stephen E.J.'s dog. <laughs> was it oh, one that's of the right. And then, Cruiser Mail, what was the other cake about? Well, the other cake was a tiered cake, you know, sort of like a wedding cake. And if you haven't seen pictures of it, what we did was we took the, we called it the Trifecta logo, which had a Rundgren Radio logo uh, that was green, and then had a photo of Todd that was in blue, and then a photo of the RSO that was in yellow. And so each layer was a different color. I think it was blue on the bottom, green in the center, and the top was yellow, and that was just representing all those colors. And uh, it was chocolate cake with chocolate mousse inside, and I heard it was pretty good. I didn't get any of that one, though. The other (laughs) one was carrot cake for Jesse, so we call that the Jesse cake. I had both, and both were wonderful. Good. Good job, Cruiser Mail. Good Good to hear. Good job, person was who made them. Well, the cake was made by Audrey's Creative Cakes right there in Rockford. In case you need their number, I can dig it up for you if you ever want to have them do something for your party. If you ever have a plan on your wedding reception or anything over at the Rockford City. All right, moving on, we've got a lot of thank yous to give. and I know we're going to leave somebody out, so if we do, we apologize. Of course, we're going to blanket thank everybody who showed up and participated and helped us in any way possible. 
because we always can use it and we certainly appreciate it. But Bill Bricker helped us a lot with the decoration, although he wasn't able to make it either. We had the Something Anything wall, which we also used earlier for a Hermit I mean, Halloween party we did at uh, our bar in New York. And then um, he sent us the cutouts, which are always a hit. Lots of people <laughs> take photos with those, the cutout yeah. tides. You can see those in photos as well. And it goes without saying, because I think everybody pretty much knows, that we want to thank Jill Mingo for her help with the DJ action on Thursday night at our party. Did a wonderful job. Lots of people he, dancing. Everybody yeah, enjoyed. she was killer. She kept the party rolling. She started off kind of slow and low, and she built it up to a, a big old frenzy at the end. And we ended <laughs> with Sons of 1984. It was beautiful. Sons of 1980. Yeah. She also helped out with uh, organizing the bus stuff. So thanks again for everything that you've done for us, Jill. We love you, and uh, we cherish you quite a lot. Yes, the bus mistress mistress was back. We definitely <laughs> helped with that. Yeah. Of course, Chuck Madden, Jim Snyder, we appreciate your photos. Anybody else who's contributed some so far and put them online, we appreciate all those. Uh, Chuck and Jim, of course, getting some of the official photos, if you will. And they're sharing them like crazy on Facebook if you haven't seen them. You should mm-hmm. definitely do that. Um, of course, we want to thank Jesse Grass and Eddie Zion for being a part of the show. I don't think we could ask for better. No, we couldn't. We couldn't. But I want to, I want to have a special shout-out uh, for our table decorators who were given only a few days to <laughs> to get their stuff together. Uh, I'll run through the list real quickly. Um, who did what? Uh, Kathy Lee Brandstetter did property. Lori Memzik did the smell of money. Our Twitterer, MJ Adams, did mammon. That was so funny with the lights blinking and the dollar bills and all that. Dollar signs, rather. Uh, Linda Fisher, I saw the light. Uh, Dawn Wiedenauer, I may be totally killing your name there, did love of the common man. Deb Wiggins did onomatopoeia. Kathy Johnson did flamingo. We had a second flamingo done by uh, Becky Chavarria Chavez. Hope I did that right. <laughs> Teresa Tedrick, oh. bag lady. Cindy Michelson, fascist Christ. Ruth Ann Karch did God said. Catherine Sowers did pretending to care. Mark Wooden, wailing wall. Marilyn Bender Baird, we got to get you a woman. And Melissa Brager did can we still be friends? You may notice that hello, it's me is missing from that list. Uh, the fellow that was supposed to do that was unable to do it, but some mystery person did do it, and I don't know who it was. I'd love to know who did the Hello, It's Me, because it was really cute. Oh. So anyway, thanks to all you guys for stepping in at the last second. Also, um, we forgot to mention Tina Toons, Tina Vaught, who did those decades posters that people signed on, and Russell Hopkins, who really, really delivered on a lot of those uh, wall hangings that we had with the Utopia pictures and Todd pictures and uh, the little pyramid and all that. So thank you to all you guys that helped us out with the pa- with the party. And if we forgot somebody, my apologies. <laughs> we got a couple more thank yous and we'll move right along. MJ, of course, our Twitter person, helped promote the show a lot. We had Gene Lakowitz organized a Japanese garden trip that was a success, so that was fun for people in Rockford. And last but not least, uh, Todd Amy, a local in Rockford, helped us out. And, of course, major, major props and big thank you to Jim Snyder, 
who yeah. lives in Rockford as well, who did more than his fair share of helping us out with hanging flyers, telling us what to do. You know, Jim where was a big, go, big where to eat, where not to eat. <laughs> yeah, yep. So it all worked out well. And thank you to all those people. And again, thank you especially to the people who showed up for the shows. Uh, we can't keep doing it without that. Got to have people show up. That's true. Right. forgot Ian with the hat cam. The folks who did the uh, – we have a Ustream up somewhere. You can check out and see the um, the party. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I need I to go watch that. Out. Yeah, Bruce uh, Whetstone posted that on – uh, the Todd Rungren Rungren Radio Facebook page, if you haven't seen that. So you can find it on that page. Bruce Whetstone posted it. Look for him on that page. And it's also in our chat room. Mm-hmm. Right? So we've added, uh, speaking of things to look at, we've added some photo bucket pages where you can upload your photos. We can have a central source, um, or you can just go look at some, whatever you want to do. But it's photobucket.com. And let's see, what are they, Cruiser Mail? There was uh Okay, photobucket.com forward slash Todd and RSO or photobucket.com slash RR Party 2012. Ah, yes, and that and is A-N-D, not an and symbol. Correct. So perfect. Upload some photos. I know EJ's already done that, and uh, Mark Steinberg, a couple people put photos up, and we love to see those. And you can go back and even look at AWOTS and – some of our other parties uh, are up there on Photo Bucket and the group albums that uh, are under the username Dolphin Doug D O L F A N D O U G. So enjoy those. Mm-hmm. Another person we forgot to thank was Dave Cornelio, who assisted with all of that merch <laughs> at the party, and uh, he kept everything under control. So thank you very much for assisting that. I know uh, we also thank Todd Store for allowing us to to sell that stuff at the party, uh, which meant that 100% of the money goes to Todd Store, not to a percentage going to the venue. So that was cool that you guys could buy your, your shirts and your CDs and your DVDs right there at the party. And by the way, speaking of the shirts, they are available at Todd Store if you missed it. They're really cool. They're black. They have the Von Rundgren on the front, and then on the back it's got some sheet music and Todd wearing a top hat and, of course, all the details about the location and the orchestra and all that stuff. So get them while they're hot. Yes, that was really nice of them to do that. And, of course, if you were at the show, you know Saturday that the RSO, for the most part, wore the T-shirt, including the conductor, Steve Larson, who will be our guest later on tonight. That was super cool. You should be able to see that all over YouTube and all over the photos. And, uh, of course, that's Danny O'Connor's work. We appreciate him doing that. It looked really nice, and it has our logo on the back, which we love to see that. And uh, so when you wear those shirts, you're not only pimping Todd, you're pimping Rungan Radio, which is uh, always good in our book because the more people listen, the more people are informed. So when they show up for shows, they kind of know what they're getting into, and they can sit back and appreciate it a little bit better. So that is the Todd store. Uh, Dave Cornelio really, um, that was a big help. He's more organized than, than we are and uh, has done that. A lot of work for them, the Rongrens on that. So it really was nice to have that because uh, it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of work. A lot of work there. Yes, sir. Ted Moon won a raffle. In case you didn't hear, we did a raffle at the party to help out to pay for those shirts. Actually, you all are probably wondering why we were doing a raffle. Um, the money went to pay for the T-shirts that went to the Rockford Symphony Orchestra. So if you bought a raffle ticket and didn't win, you can still feel good about spending that money. 
because it did go to a worthy cause for the concerts. Uh, the raffle was for a cover sheet of the sheet music, Song of Your Choice, signed by Todd himself, and Ted Moon was the winner, and he picked the Wailing Wall song, which was the start of our show. A good choice, of course. Really nice job. Todd did both nights on that song. <laughs> and so he is the proud winner and owner of a chart cover sheet with Todd's autograph on it, personalized to boot. That's a one-of-a-kind thing there. Yep. And hey, we better not see that on eBay, Ted, just saying. <laughs> it's got Ted's name on it. He'd have to sell it to somebody named Ted. It would decrease his market. I don't think Ted would ever sell it, that's for sure. The uh, tuxedo that Todd wore, which we're going to probably be all over the place tonight, but I want to get into the show just a little bit right quick. Because Mel and I, you know, there were two things we were worried about. Well, there's more than that. But one of the things we were concerned about is what's Ty going to wear? We were kind of hoping he wouldn't wear the black uh too tight jeans and the jacket with the white trim and all that stuff that, that he had before for some shows. And he did not disappoint. He came out in a tuxedo that, um, I forgot the artist's name, but, you know, the like you splatter paint all over it. And that was compliments of Kurt, CLB's husband that most of you all know. And he had just happened to give Todd that after Todd complimented it years ago at the Sacramento A Wizard of True Star show. Mm-hmm. And it worked out good. Michelle had to make a shirt to match it. And, uh, they trashed the that. hotel room. You, yep. <laughs> I hope and she got made it that all. Made last minute in the Holiday Inn. Yeah, kind of, kind of had to pay for a towel, I guess, and a shower curtain, apparently. But it looked really nice. Todd wore it both nights. And um, the other thing we were concerned about mainly was Todd's voice, not because we don't think it's great, but Todd's been sick a lot, as you all know, which uh, causes him some problems like it would anybody. But that was not an issue at either show. Voice was stellar. So, therefore, successful show. you got to love it. Of course, the RSO we had no concerns about. They played great. Lots of good stuff to talk about that we'll get into later. Let's get into a couple of tour things, Cruiser Mail. Let's talk about first what RR is up to next. We'll be taking a little break, of course, but we are coming back with some Todd activity soon in October. We're not really sure exactly what yet, but I can tell you that you need to block out October the 12th and 13th and prepare to go to Cleveland for one or two gigs, Cleveland area anyway. Uh, You know, we'll definitely be doing at least one show at the Agora that weekend, most likely. We're not sure what yet, but we pretty much got that locked in with Todd as far as um, his commitment and the Agora's commitment. And, you know, we put that off because of the Rib Fest, so... You won't see it up yet. It's not quote unquote confirmed or whatever, but that's just block that weekend. Mm-hmm. Want to go? Odds um, good that it'll be an unpredictable show, so it's not going to be uh, you know anything crazy like an album show or orchestra show or whatever. Just be a good time. So anyway, and that's for Rungren Radio. Todd's of course going to be performing all well most of the summer, and then starting up again in the fall. All before then, um, so I don't have a list of all the dates, and we really don't have the time to go through it. But we know he's going to be performing in the Ringo Stars All Star Band from June 14th until July 21st, and with Ethel October 17th to November 3rd, and the Metropole Orchestra over in Amsterdam on November 11th. So he's a busy dude. Oh, left one really important thing out. Musical Revival Camp. Uh, that's going to be the same place, Full Moon Resort, in July. 
You can get all the info you possibly could want at toddrevivalcamp.com. They list all the camp counselors, is that what they're calling them? Uh, Peter Buck, Paul Fishkin, Mark Volman. Of course, Jesse Gress, Kazim Sultan, and Greg Bendian will be jamming with the band at night. So if you want to go hang with Todd in the mountains, go to toddrevivalcamp.com. Yeah, it's a little bit different this year. They're going to do more of a camper-type deal instead of a lot of, um, I guess, what you would call lectures maybe. I don't know. They're going to do hiking and some different things like that and mix it up a little bit more, and there will be less class and more camping-type activities. So it should be fun. But uh, before we move talk about that some more, I do want to mention some things on it. You can find out about the tours with Ethel and Ringo uh, on our Rungren Radio website, rungrenradio.com. Just go to the Todd Tours page, and they'll take you to two links. You can go to Roger EJ Sites, and they have it very detailed. Um, oh, did I leave that part out? I'm sorry. I think you did. That's all right. And then we also know Todd's going to be doing another orchestra show uh, November the 11th in Amsterdam, I'm sure at the Paradiso, with uh, the Metropole. Again, so the good news on that is uh, that there will be more songs charted, which is a big deal because it's expensive to chart a song to make the charts for it. And when they do that, Todd gets them from the Metropole, and then he can do other shows like he did in Rockford. So there will be more songs for Todd to do uh, next year if he wants to do more orchestra shows. Yeah, he didn't have an encore song this time around, but people were demanding it, so he had to play... An extra uh, time of we got to get you a woman. <laughs> they were like, "Why is he repeating?" Well, he didn't honestly didn't have any other songs to play. Well, he didn't have to. He chose to. Mm-hmm. But that's why he had to do another. You can't just on the fly do another song like you could at an unpredictable show because it has to be charts for it for the uh, forty-nine people or whatever it was in the orchestra. But also, typically at an orchestra show, which, if anything, we're not a typical crowd, but there's not an encore. You know, they do the show, and then that's it. And um, so I saw the light was sort of the encore, and he really could have stopped there, but I think he was having so much fun, and we were having so much fun, he decided to come back out. And then yeah. somebody made a good point. It's probably because we're never going to have a chance to hear we got to get you a woman live again. First time he's ever done it in the United States. And as he mentioned during the show, it was the third time he'd ever done it live, the first night, and then the fourth, and then the fifth, and the sixth. So... If you got to see it, consider yourself privileged. You may not ever see it again. I'm oh, not I sure know we were privileged. I made a big deal out of it. Um, I don't know that there's going to be any more of this particular set list shows because I don't know if there's time. I would love to see another one, but you know we weren't making that up. I mean, you look at his schedule; it's really hard. Um, but maybe, maybe we can find a way, or somebody can find a way. It's really so good. I would love to hear it again. You know, with a different orchestra, it would have to be, but I'm sure it would still be fantabulous. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the camp, that happens to roll into a weekend that um, we've helped out with called 80s Mega Mix in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Mark Colorossi got us tied into it, and we've got a bunch of bands booked there that we have relationships with that are 80s bands. And because of Mark's relationship with the people doing it, uh, we are able to offer the people at camp free tickets if they would like to go for the weekend. And it's... Um, some cool bands. One of the ones that we brought in was Eleven After, which is an all-female rock band, and the lead singer is D, who is the bartender, black spiked hair in Akron. That all of you know if you've ever been to an Akron show and stayed at the hotel. 
so uh, we've also got a bad company tribute band that's really good. Um, Elliot Lewis from Holland Oats and live from Daryl's house will be playing. Um, Flock Seagulls, Win in Rome, Animotion. They got the Cherry Pie Tour, which is Warrant, Trickster, and Firehouse. They've got um, you know some other bands, a Cars tribute band, a Pretenders tribute band. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and it can be free. So. If you campers want to roll over, it's not very far from Woodstock. And you can see Mark and myself, maybe Cruiser Mel. I don't know if she's going or not. Are you Cruiser Mel? Maybe? I probably will, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a really fun weekend. It's outdoors, too. It's uh, at the Pocono Downs at the Mohegan Sun. So we'll be talking about that some. You know, if you want to go, we'll, we'll spread the words. But also Onward Promotions, our other company, doesn't need the Todd gigs. We've got some gigs coming up. We're delving into heavy metal a little bit. We've got two Skid Row shows, one August 2nd at... The Akron Civic and one August 17th at a place called Knuckleheads in Kansas City. Eleven Afters opening for both of those. That's both of those. That's D's band. So a little Todd relationship there, kind of. And then we have Lost 80s August 10th Sacramento at the Crest where we did A Watts and also 811 in Visalia at the Fox Theater, which is near Fresno. And that's got Flock of Seagulls and the Motels, several bands, including another Todd connection, Bourgeois Tag who rarely does shows, so it's sort of like a reunion. And they will have Michael Urbano and, of course, Bourgeois Tag, so it's it's legit. It's going to be awesome. Very so good. Now, all, those are, all of those are onward promotions things. Yeah, just go to onwardpromotions.com if you want info on that. We'll soon have the 80s Mega Mix stuff, fuck, uh, uh, stuff up saying somebody put fuck a seagull. Real nice. All right. <laughs> I think we we've got um, Carl has called in, Doug. Well, good. Is it yeah, that time already? We sped up to eight, four. What? It's oh, the man. three, one, two. Got it. We're way behind. Sorry, no. Carl. Right, we just say we got a couple more things. Let's do. Um, we'll be right with you, Carl. <laughs> yeah, we got Chasm with Blue Arch Cult. Give us that, and we're good to go. I did not do my research. I am so sorry, <laughs> but he does have some dates this summer. Yep. Check it out, Blue Arch Cult. Chasm is touring with them as their bass player. You can find that if you just Google Blue Oyster Cult or go to chasminfo.com or chasmsultan.com or chasmstore.com. And then, last but not least, I did forget, if you want some Rungan Radio merch, we got asked about that a lot this weekend, um, and the money goes to Todd's store. It's Rungan Radio on the number 2.com, rungunradio2.com. And um, before we take Carl's call, let's just – we had somebody on hold since the get-go. Let's just see who this is right quick and um, make sure it's not something we need to wrap up. 708, you need to turn down your... All right, we're going to have to... Obviously not a frequent caller. <laughs> Area code 708, you need to, to uh, mute your computer because the show is delayed. Um, let's see if he got that done, or she. 708, you're with us. 708, you're with us. Okay, 708. <laughs> You had your chance. All right. Yeah, maybe they were just they're just listening and they didn't mean to hit you know, to raise their hand. It's possible. All right, so now our first guest is Carl, the bass player from the Rockford Symphony Orchestra, among many other things. His resume is about a mile long. Carl, what's happening, man? Hey, how y'all doing? We're doing all right. We're very That's uh good. still on a high from the weekend, man. It was a great show. Hope you liked being a part of it. Oh man, it was a, yeah, it was a blast all week. Because um, yeah, you know, he got um, my wife and I tickets to see a show here in Evanston. We went Wednesday night, uh, which was the night he had the, um, the local kids sitting in on his little cocktail drum kit. I don't know if you guys were at that show. Uh, I was at the one the night before. 
Yeah, because I guess someone volunteered to play drums the second night, so that was an interesting thing. <laughs> so it, it was a fun show until uh, until Todd announced that he was um, going to send Casim home the next day because he got a different bass player for the Rockford gigs. <laughs> so everybody started booing, and then he said, oh, yeah, you know, I think this new dude's here in the hall. If, you know, you guys want to, you know, beat him up or something. So... <laughs> Oh, that explains your line in the email about almost getting a beat down his family. So you're actually an Evanston resident, right? Yeah, yeah, we live in Evanston right now, yeah. Well, how did you get the gig with the the RSO, or are you a normal member? Well, I play in a few different orchestras. I play in Peoria Symphony. I play in a chamber orchestra down there. I play in Chicago Symphonietta and a chamber orchestra here, and couple different groups and then I play out in Rockford too but um yes I do a bunch of orchestras I do a lot of jazz stuff um big bands and small groups I play with a lot of rock bands I have a country band you know do a little bit of everything to put it all together have you done a lot of these shows with um it's kind of becoming a little bit popular with these national acts like a Todd Runger I know Rick Nielsen apparently had done one with the Rockford Symphony Orchestra before you've been involved in any of those kind of shows man I'd love to do it with Rick Do, uh, do you guys know about the uh the chair, the seat of his up in the balcony. Yes, we get to, we get to see it, the one with the checks. <laughs> yeah, the checkerboard seat. I always show that to new people when they come by. But um, yeah, well, the f- funny thing is, I did um, in Pure Symphony two years ago. There was a Beatles tribute concert. There's you know all these bands that tour around doing like they dress like the Beatles and do the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was playing first bass on that one, and I was looking over and thinking, man, that the guy playing Paul McCartney looks really familiar. And so I, after I was standing right next to John Lennon, you know, the, the guy playing John, and I said, you know, that's not Kazem Sultan, is it? And it totally was. He was just filling in for a gig, and it happened to be the gig down there in Peoria. So he was playing Paul McCartney, you know, wearing the Sgt. Pepper's outfit, um, <laughs> doing all the Paul solo stuff. And I hope I don't sound biased, but I think that he sang better than Paul. He played bass better than Paul. He played guitar better than Paul, and he played piano better than Paul. So. Wow. It was it was pretty awesome. We certainly love Taz and would love to get him involved in one of these orchestra shows at some point. But uh, if we yeah. if we do some more, I mean, we're making assumptions. But you know, um, he he could certainly uh, you know of course do that. But right. um, we're glad you got to do it. You did a great job. Of course, the RSO was really wonderful. We we liked it. We loved that venue. I mean, what a what a great deal you got getting to play there a lot. I mean, it's just beautiful. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Nice. I mean, I was I was actually. Before I got all the tunes up, my, my idea was it was going to be all Utopia. We were going to do raw and it's and tight, you know, and all that stuff. But um, so yeah, because I actually said that to his wife, you know, that I was hoping we were going to do the whole raw album, and she said, yeah, maybe <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who would do the whole raw album? No, I would love it if you did. Because I, I, I thought it was going to be like all you like more prog rock stuff. I didn't realize it was going to be mostly. I guess it was all the solo stuff. I think. I don't think. Yeah, Todd Ballard stuff. Yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. do Utopia stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got you. So you. Yeah, you're a big yeah. prog rocker. I know you got that album that Todd did a solo on, and I don't know that a lot of people knew about that. They're going to know now. The Todd fans. We, know, we pretty much are on top of almost everything. But that almost snuck yeah. by. I think. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and what well, it is. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it just came out. This new record. Um, there's a, a drummer in L. Calvin Weston who played with Ornette Coleman's prime time back since the 70s, joined when he was a 17-year-old, which was um, Ornette the jazz saxophonist. It was his electric band in the 70s and 80s and 90s that was like 
a mixture of funk and rock and jazz, but all they had two drummers, two electric bass players, two guitar players, and two keyboard players with Ornette on sax. So he, um, Calvin sent me an entire album of drum parts that he just recorded by himself, just drum tracks. But um, the way his genius works is that when he plays a drum track, you can, I, well, I could hear because I'm a little crazy too. I could tell, oh, here's the intro, you know, here's where the melody is, here's the solo, here's the, you know, I could hear all that. So what I did was, I recorded all the bass parts on upright, electric, and fretless. Then I recorded all the guitar parts on electric guitar, lap steel, because I play country and blues too, and acoustic. Um, and then I got all these guest stars to come and add solos to it. Um, so we got the sax players from Super Tramp and Spirogyra and Hawkwind, because I do a lot of stuff with the Hawkwind dudes. Um, the guitarist from Living Color, Vernon Reed. Um, the flute player from Focus, which is the old Dutch prog band. Um, Charles Mingus's trumpet player from back in the old days, John Medeski, um, from Medeski Martin Wood playing Hammond B3, and then Todd played a guitar solo on it too. Um, and just because I'm a lifelong Utopia fanatic, um, the track he's on is called First of the New Age Masters. <laughs> so, cool name. you know, like a sequel to Last of the New Wave Riders, and that one, it's, uh, it's funny because it's, He's playing like this sort of screaming metal guitar solo, and then Jay Beckenstein from Spirogyra is playing kind of a, you know, like a Spirogyra almost smooth jazz saxophone solo next to it. So it goes back and forth between these two different fields. Um, but yeah, it was a blast. I mean, because um, you know, the albums these days, you just email parts back and forth. So I sent him the um, all the guitar and bass and drum tracks, and he listened to it and blew a solo over the top and. Um, and he was super humble about it and just asked me, you know, if, if I didn't like the solo, he would record another one. And I said, no, I think this will be fine. <laughs> so. Oh, that's really cool. So yeah. had you, you had not met him before until the, the night of the orchestra shows, I assume. No, we just recorded this thing long distance, you know, email back and forth. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Is I, I'm trying to think if I've met anybody on this album in person. Mm -hmm. I think I met, well, Nick Turner from Hawkwind I met a long time ago, and we've done a few things together. Um, but everybody else is just on email and phone and computer these days. And it's funny because, you know, most of these guys are players from the 70s, who a lot of them are in their 70s now. Um, <laughs> and some of them, when I contacted, thought that I had, they still thought that I had to mail tapes, like, across the Atlantic, <laughs> you know, like reel-to-reel tapes. And I, gotcha. <laughs> I actually had to, well, what I ended up telling them all was, okay, just ask your granddaughter, mm. you know, if she has garage band. <laughs> And let her do it for you. So, I mean, it actually, it really turned some of them on. Like um, Jack Walrath, who played with Charles Mingus and his jazz groups in the 70s, he get, he'd never done anything with digital recording before, you know, just at home. His daughter showed him how to do it, and now he's all excited about it because, you know, he doesn't have to, a lot of the guys, when they roll back, they'd have to go rent the whole studio to record one song, and we don't really do that anymore, you know, it's, Everybody has Logic or Pro Tools or GarageBand or something. Reason, yeah, we hear about all that stuff. Todd's done a couple albums using that that uh, technology, of course. Singing in his yeah. laundry room in Hawaii, actually, for the Arena album. Right. But, um, well, that's awesome too. Is that I, I, I mean, you know, I think that Todd's always been at the forefront of the music technology stuff. You know, if you watch that Flash movie on his website. You know, he was doing internet stuff before there was an internet, everything. And I was kind of amazed for the uh, the shows here in Evanston. He um he didn't even have a guitar amp. You know, he was just using his iPad 
and plugging his guitar into the iPad using the effects on that and then plugging his iPad headphone jack into the PA system. Mm. And that was pretty cool because he doesn't have to take anything with him but a guitar then. Did you meet him in um, in Aviston or, or it was it was in Rockford? No, just Did in Rockford. Did you come yeah. after the show in Aviston at all? No, because in Evanston it was just, you know, it was packed and yeah, they were afterwards. And, um, yeah, I was trying to hook up the next day, cause, but I didn't realize that he had the same with you guys, you know, the uh, the event that you guys did out in Rockford, so I was still here. Yeah, well, the, um, you, when I'm, I only got to meet you for a little while, like I think it was during yeah. an intermission one night, and I yeah. may be mistaken, but it seemed like you were a little bit nervous, which I look at your resume and I go, there's just no way he's nervous about playing. Maybe he does get nervous every now and then. Oh, I was you nervous, nervous about oh, playing was, with Potter Meat Potter? No, I don't oh. get nervous. I mean, I think you just were between me and the bathroom. When I met you, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I like, that was a look on my face. Yeah. No, I mean, as soon as I found out what he was playing, um, I asked the, um, the orchestra people for the set list, which we got a while back, and I just learned all the tunes off the tracks by ear, and then you know we didn't we got the charts after that. So I was working on these tunes for a while, so I knew them before. You know we even got the music for it, so mm-hmm. I was looking forward to it. And then it was fun because on the concert, um, you know, whenever you do these kind of things and you're playing electric bass with these kind of orchestra things, the bass parts you're kind of free to mess with. You know, mm-hmm. like the violin, they can't change it because there's ten people playing their part. And they're not improvisers anyway. But, you know, I play, for instance, I have a, a trio, and we do, like, improvised doom metal. Like, we play, like, Black Sabbath stuff, but we just make it up on stage. We never mm-hmm. had a rehearsal. We just go on stage and make up 20-minute-long songs, you know. <laughs> so um, that's why it's fun for me, because you got to have this whole orchestra behind you. And I got to be up in the front with Jesse, who's and Eddie, you know, where he's kicking butt. Um, and since I knew the songs, I could then be free to, like, you know, get my geezer butler on and do different things. And, um, yeah, because Jesse yeah, mentioned so, that he really kind of, the charts kind of maybe, if I understood him correct, kind of went out the window. He knows the music so well. So for right. you guys doing, I guess I would say, electric instruments, yeah. um, you, the charts aren't as critical as it would be for the strings in the back. Of so so you, you wouldn't even have to have the charts necessarily. Right. Well, the thing... Um, if you tried to get a whole symphony orchestra to play, first of all, none of them would take the time to learn the songs, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it just wouldn't really work, you know, with string players, especially if they're only classical musicians. But, you know, that's one of the reasons I've always loved Todd stuff, too, with all his different groups, is that he bridges all those different things. You know, he does his Broadway stuff and his prog stuff and his metal stuff and even his rap stuff, everything. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's kind of what I do, which is one of the reasons I asked him you know, to be on the album, I think why he did it, you know, because we were bringing together, you know, mm-hmm. black and white players, European and American, jazz and rock, all these different things. Um, so that's the fun of playing live. You know, in the studio, you have to work and make everything tight. Mm-hmm. But live, um, you know, if you know the stuff and you're comfortable, you can say, well, hey, I wonder what happens if I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And you try it, and hopefully it works. And what I was actually kind of surprised... Because I never seen. I mean, I, I wasn't there when he was playing in the 70s. I was too young, so I never actually seen. I, I'd watched all like actually laser discs and stuff back in the 80s, but um, I was just kind of surprised how laid back he was. Because I figured as a guy who lives in the studio so much, that it would be more like perfectionist. 
Mm-hmm. But it was totally, it was totally mellow, and I felt, you know, if, if he had been the kind of guy who, like, for every mistake or everything deviated, you know, would stop you. But it wasn't like that, you know. So, and I'm listening to Jesse and look what Eddie's doing and see how Todd's changing the stuff every time we run through it. Mm-hmm. So that gives you, I mean, that kind of, you know, without saying it, it gives you the freedom to put your own thing on it, I think. That's cool. um, and I've, I've played with bands both ways. You know, I've played, I've played with funk bands where, you know, I, I used to play with this terrifying drummer who looked like Mike Tyson, and if I changed one note in the groove, he would get out from behind his drum oh, kit boy. and want to fight me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, And then oh. I've also played with other bands where, like, you know, either I'm leading or someone else is leading, and they don't care as long as it feels good, you know. So. Right. Well, it certainly sounded good to me, and I know yeah. uh, you like prog rock, but... To me, the the most I guess bass heavy sounding song that I noticed was God said. What what was your favorite song to play out of the out of the set list? Kind of went well, all I, mean, over. I like them all because I like those different things. So like when we did um, some of the stuff, so like we got to get you a woman. I mean that's probably my favorite song because I get to do like the sort of seventies funk kind of playing. Mm-hmm. But um, but I actually had to get a new bass for this thing too because. Um, they wanted five-string bass for some of the tunes. And I've always played four-string, and if I need lower notes, I just tune down the bottom string. But um, So I, I'm an artist, for a bass artist for Music Man, for Ernie Ball Music Man basses. So I got him to send me out this super fancy uh, new five-string they just came out with. And I had to learn over the last month how to play five-string. <laughs> and this extra thing. Um, and it was, I mean, the one that really um, used it a lot was Mammon, because the whole thing is kind of tuned down like a metal song. So... Mm-hmm. That that was the one I thought was that I mean that medley of Mammon and Fascist Christ right. that was definitely the heaviest I mean Eddie was hitting the hardest on those tunes and those were like <laughs> I kept looking back and thinking is the orchestra playing and they were and I was, but I couldn't hear them because we were yeah. rocking out of there. So you like working with Eddie? I take it he was yeah um, no he was, it was a blast working with him. It was fun. He's another fan you know it's good to have a couple of in it. Jesse of course is a fan. It's good to have yeah. some fans. Did you know Mel's going to ask Steve about this? There was. Um, some people we noticed that appeared to be pretty big Todd fans. Do you know if anybody else in the orchestra, uh, do y'all socialize much, were, were fans? Yeah, I know the heart player is a fan. I mean, a bunch of people. We had a guy in the trumpet section who's like a, a vinyl collector, and he brought a copy of an interview with Todd from, um, was it High Fidelity or Audio Fidelity magazine from like 1979 or something? It, I think it was from the Raw Tour because he was wearing the Egyptian outfit in the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, there's some definitely some fans in there, and and I think that that makes a big difference too because, um, I mean, being able to play with Eddie and stuff and him, and you know, being passionate about it and wanting to play it, that makes you play better. You know, it's not a job. Like I actually, I lost a lot of money this weekend because I turned down. You know, actually, I was already hired for a big fancy orchestra concert with the Symphony in Chicago, and I because I bailed on that gig, I also lost the recording session for that gig. So I lost making a record and playing this gig and all this stuff. So, but it was like you know how often do you get called to play with Todd. So yeah, exactly. It's, and then especially these orchestra shows, they're 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 pretty rare. I mean, the only right. two in the U.S. And right. um, then there's been two in Amsterdam. He's going to do another one in Amsterdam. We don't know how many more he'll do, but um, that's pretty cool that you uh, you know gave up something big to do it. That's cool. there's a lot. Well, I think it does make a big difference too. I mean, um, about what's in the heart of the players. Because I, I I played a gig once with a, um, this. I mean, I was playing the orchestra behind this Led Zeppelin tribute band. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I was thinking, why is there an orchestra for a Led Zeppelin band? Because they don't have any tunes with orchestras in them, you know. And 
the band I found out was a Led Zeppelin tribute band one week and a Beatles tribute band the next week. And, oh. you know, they just did all these different classic rock things. Mm-hmm. And it was totally paint by numbers. And you could tell that they didn't really like the music. And, you know, they were just dudes making a living and playing music that they thought was beneath them. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. I mean, and the audience didn't like it, and nobody liked it. So I think it makes a huge difference if people are committed to it. And mm-hmm. to me, for the different kinds of music I play, I feel that rock music, of any kind of rock music, the thing that makes it powerful is that, you know, people playing it play to their full potential. I mean, you know, they play play to 100%. And I feel that the audience knows that, you know, and it has that energy. I mean, you know what the energy was like at that show, so... Very cool. Yeah. Well, we certainly enjoyed it. We loved we the um, the venue. We loved the the orchestra, and of course, Todd's voice was really great that both nights. I mean, it's just a. No, really couldn't ask people, much more other than a few were more there, people. Were there people at that show who were at the Metropole show? There was oh, yeah. some, at least one we know of. I don't know if there were, how many more than that, but what there was. Because uh, I thought I recognized one woman in the front from the videos. Because some of us, like me and Eddie, were. Had, it turns out both of us had been like obsessively watching those Metropole videos to practice. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. Jill Mingo's her name. She was there. She's from Scotland, and um, she always ends up on the front row at least for one or two shows. Right. She was the second <laughs> okay. night in the front row of the pit. Long hair, right. with, with the bangs everywhere. Right. Everybody around her be damned. <laughs> right. right, Jill. Yeah. She's she's in the chat room now. But uh, yeah, that was her. Cool. I don't know if anybody else though was was. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think anybody else was actually um, went to the Metropole show that was at this show. These shows. That's why we had to bring them to the U.S. Everybody wanted to see right. them. We first, you know, when we first heard about it, you know, we'll admit it. We said it over and over. We didn't really think much of it. Didn't think it'd be that big a deal. And then when the the bootlegs or the download it wasn't a bootleg actually it was official download right. was available. And then this YouTube deal they put on where it's the whole show, uh, we were hooked. I mean, it's just phenomenal. You just well, so how come they pick Rockford? What's the connection well, to Rockford? The, uh, connection kind of a long story. <laughs> kind of a long story, but I'll make it quick and short. You know, in the, being in the music business, um, Ringo Starr has pretty much taken every major city, and he's touring with Todd, and so we were blocked, you know, 60 days, 60 miles kind of deal. Oh, And uh, right. we try to get near the places where we know Todd's popular. One of those is Cleveland. We go to Akron a lot. And the other one is Chicago. So um, he was playing in a casino near Chicago. So Chicago was blocked. And then, of course, after we booked Rockford and everything was going, he booked the Evanston gigs. But that was because the Ringo had was pretty much sold out. So then it opened uh, it up. And um, But we didn't have time to wait for that kind of thing. So we knew about the Coronado. Um, we have a good Todd fan friend who lives there. And... Um, that's pretty much how it happened. And we talked to, of course, Steve at the, at the symphony orchestra, and um, we instantly, I guess you would say, hit it off as far as keep putting this thing together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that always helps. It helps a lot when you contact a, a venue and or, or somebody like Steve that's going to be involved, and they know who Todd is and they appreciate the music, and, you know, you kind of instantly know this is going to go pretty well. I mean, we had – we talk, <laughs> I talked to one email uh, a gal in South Bend, Indiana. There's a place called the Morris Performing Arts, I think, where we wanted to try it, too. And she just couldn't understand what I was trying to do. And uh, <laughs> I got tired of talk, talking to her about it. You know, it's just like, I, it, it, to me, it's pretty obvious, you know, I need an orchestra so Todd can perform with an orchestra. But she said, you know, you need a conductor. You need. I'm like, no, I, I need to hire an orchestra. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, Rockford got really lucky. And uh, oh. <laughs> 
it worked out good for us in a way. It really did. Hey, uh, have you ever worn a T-shirt in an orchestral show before? <laughs> Not on the show. At rehearsals, yeah. <laughs> it looked cool. really cool. You know what, almost all of the orchestra people had on their shirts. And, well, you um, know why it's almost all? Because uh, the night... The Friday night, they they have like a you know like a buffet dinner, they cater for the orchestra. But my wife was at me; it was her birthday, so I took her out Friday night, and then I found out they handed out the t-shirts at the dinner, and they ran out. So I was sitting right in the front without the t- without the Todd t-shirt, and I never got one. Oh no! I would have given you mine. Well, yeah, we did. We were about six or seven short somehow, but um, anyway. Well, hey man, we appreciate all the information, and uh, we'll look check out that album of yours. And we got Steve on hold here, and um. Thanks again so much. We really enjoyed uh, watching you play bass and glad you were part of the deal. It was, it was really great. Yeah, it was a blast. I appreciate it. Hey, by the way, what, what um, you got an easy way to tell people how they can get that album or go listen to that album? CD Baby has it. What's it called? Yeah, yeah. if they go to CD Baby and just search for the album title, it's called Of Alien Feelings. Of okay. Alien Feelings. If they just search of for that, alien it'll pop right up. Of alien feelings. Or they can go to cdbaby.com slash cd slash Weston. Yeah, Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N. That's the last name of the drummer. Yeah. Good. All right, Carl, man. Thanks a lot. Cool. All right, thank you. Thanks, Carl. See ya. See you on Facebook. All right, here we go. We got Mr. Larson on the phone? I believe we have Steve Larson on the line. I think it's kind of taking its time. I think you do. There he is. All right, we do have him. All right, Steve, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah. I'm wearing, wearing my Todd Rundgren T-shirt as we speak. I, <laughs> the one that was, might have been supposed to have gone to the bass player. <laughs> that's right. Got to get yeah, him I one mean, of the shirts, man. A big Todd fan got left out of the shirt. That's, that's well, it's good. funny. I, I didn't think he'd be with that one. I was worried about the tuba player, who's we, we have probably the world's largest tuba player, and uh, he was saying unless he can get a a four a, a X. Um, for extra large, uh, he didn't think he'd be able to wear one, but I guess he got one. So um, got a three X because we didn't have any four X, so it must have yeah, worked 3X, out. Okay, well he squeezed himself in somehow. Yep. All right, we got lots. I'll to talk tell you about. what, we loved that you were wearing uh, one of the shirts because it had Rundgren Radio's uh, logo on the back. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of a weird feeling conducting a concert in a T-shirt. You just you know. You're just not used to doing that kind of thing. You just sort of feel like you're 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 you're, you're naked, or, or, or you know, you walked out without your pants on, or something. <laughs> oh no, it looked just fine, and uh, I'm glad that uh, most of the orchestra members were willing to participate in that little project. Well, they're they're this is a really great bunch. Uh, you know, some orchestras uh, they've got a real attitude about things like this, and they don't want to be doing it, and. And it's beneath them, and, and actually some orchestras actually have a clause in their contract that if you ask them to wear anything else but white tie and tails, they have to be paid extra. Wow. But, oh, dear. Uh, no, we, we we don't have anything like that. That's 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 silly anyway. Yeah, y'all were very easy to work with, as was the venue. And I uh, hope Todd was easy. It sounded like Todd was easy to work with with you guys. I mean, I, I, um, I, I get it that the orchestra's, very good, and they they can recharge and everything. But I still am kind of just shocked that, that they pull it off. And really, what did y'all rehearse? Like two and a half hours, three hours? Two two and a half hours, yeah. Is that normal? Well, they're yeah. they're just they're used to doing that for a show like this. And uh, you know, they're professionals. Some of them play the uh, the you know the big broad, Broadway shows in Chicago and 
recording sessions and things like that, and they know that they've got to come and they've got to know their part. They're, they right from the very beginning. It helps a lot that these parts, uh, that not only were they were very good arrangements, the parts were in just perfect shape. You know, there sometimes you get parts for a show like this that they're all marked up and scratched out. There's mistakes in them and. Uh, you know, you have marks in it like, uh, you know, repeat this phrase four times and then take it up an octave and leave it out and mm-hmm. um, and, and, and stuff like that. And and they're, you know, and it's very confusing. But this is just everybody's part was just perfect and ready to go, and as were the scores. And that's not not always the case. Let me tell you. <laughs> Glad it worked but, out for you. It certainly sounded good to us. And, and Todd Todd was just, you know, great. You know, just you never know. What you're going to get when you when you're working with somebody with a reputation like that, and um, but you know ultimately, uh, yeah, I've I've worked with with a bunch of people like you know that I thought, oh my God, they're they're, they're superstars, they're gods, and um, you realize after a while, first of all, they're just musicians, and uh, if they're good musicians, they're going to be easy to work with, and uh, and they're probably good musicians, otherwise they wouldn't be where they are. And mm-hmm. um, and they're probably just as worried as you are, <laughs> you know, going into <laughs> something like this. Yeah. So, um, no, he was terrific, um, terrific guy. I just, I I um, I shot a little comment to him midway through the the, fir- the first part of the rehearsal between numbers. I said, uh, "Man, you really know these pieces." <laughs> and he he looked at me and said, "What? Oh." <laughs> he realized I was kind of pulling his leg. Yeah, exactly. Well. um, <laughs> What did, how much did you know about Todd prior to me contacting you, me and Mel contacting you about these shows? I mean, I know you knew who he was. Julie, the young gal that is your, uh, I guess, executive director, yeah. uh, she didn't know who he was, which is we run in that a lot, and now we can laugh about it. But uh, you certainly knew who he was. But um, were, you, were you a fan? Yeah, well, I I don't think I'm a fan of anybody, you know, to put it that way. I'm, you know, I knew his stuff, some of his stuff, not all of it certainly, and, and boy I was delighted to to uh you know, to, to make the acquaintance of some of those pieces. But you know, I knew the, the, the hits. I knew you know, I saw the light and uh um gotta get you a woman and uh you know, bang the drum all day, which of course we didn't do. Um you know, things like that. And I, I knew that he had done he was a very highly respected Producer and, and and recording engineer, and that a lot of people really had uh, you know had a great deal of respect for what he'd done in that regard. And um, and that's you know that's you can be there's a lot of people who are great songwriters, great performers, but when you, you really got some serious creds when you've you've done the producing, the engineering stuff, and you've been and and that's when I started to look back into him and and, and started to really acquainting myself with what he's done and man uh really impressive stuff yeah and and um the influences uh i i could hear in his music like um the, the, when i first heard the 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 stuff of the metropole orchestra um i kept hearing thinking laura nero mm-hmm. laura uh-huh. nero and then I read a biography, and they said, you know, he was influenced by, by, by Laura Nero at one point. I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear that. Um, but the, all sorts of interesting little influences in there and and, and, uh, um, and some real surprises. 
Um, and uh, well, I don't. You, you probably heard that um, the uh, our, our whole trumpet section wants that they all want to do solo versions of Wailing Wall. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah. For some reason or other, they all thought that that would be a great, great trumpet solo. Huh. But of course, it probably will. Probably, probably will. Probably. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Wailing Wall was great both nights. No question about it. That was. Oh, uh, what a great piece! Talked yeah. about. This. Yeah. His his ballads are. You know, ballads don't get a whole lot of um, fame out there. You know, they, they, they um, you know, you don't make a top, you know, a, a top forty hit out of a ballad. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems to me that's just is not what people uh, go for when when, when they, you know you, you you get a hit that goes to the top of the charts. But his mm-hmm. ballads are just really just deep. They're beautiful mm-hmm. and um, just very very touching. Um, uh, do you know Jacques Brel's work? No. French no. composer, chanteur, he's he's dead now, but uh, he's, um, oh, wrote a lot of very, very beautiful, soulful uh, French songs, and uh, um, so, some of them remind me of Jacques Brel, which is really mm-hmm. the, the depth, the, the bite, the, the, the wit, the, uh, and the, the, the um, um, uh, you know the, the 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 social commentary. Uh, I just really found, uh, you know, uh, rock and roll is supposed to be rebellious, right? You know, you, you're always rebelling against something and you know, against this, the system, the establishment, and everything. But, but, um, uh, and it's it's real cheap. It's real easy to do something that's just a statement against something. But when you, do, you write something like Mammon or your know, Fascist Christ or something, there's a or or for that matter, uh, the smell of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a real point to that, mm-hmm. and uh, a, you know, real, uh, you know, deeply felt, uh, um, um, you know, point of view that 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 that, that, that comes across. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in the uh, Metropole show during that Fascist Christ, they it seemed like the uh, orchestra was actually singing, "Give me that old time religion," and maybe even uh-huh. the Fascist Christ part. But y'all didn't do that; the crowd did it, but. Um, was that discussed during rehearsals, or how, how did how did that? Show they were that? actually singing it. It wasn't getting picked up, I don't think. Uh-huh. But uh, they, they were singing it because I was singing it, and I could see that mm-hmm. they were singing it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the, you know, the 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 way that they were mic'd was uh, um, would pick up the voices better. Right. Hmm. Uh, it's funny that you probably... that you would mention that some of them were singing because I was going to specifically ask you about. I think it might be your first chair violinist, kind of a blonde lady with maybe bangs. Uh, uh, I noticed first. She's our personnel manager, but she was sitting over at uh, she was sitting over at the edge. So you probably would have thought that she was the first. Right. Uh, yeah. I think she sang the words to practically every song. Well, she was a, really, really into it, and I yeah. I really wanted to try to uh, meet her, but I had other duties to handle and always missed her backstage. So tell her I really enjoyed listening or watching her. And I the will. harpist she's, as well. She's actually Canadian um, oh. originally and um, uh, actually one of my favorite people. She's just great. She she always just loves doing shows like this, too. Um, um, it, you know, she's just always she she's very much into uh in, into rock music into rock culture and uh, as well as being a really top notch violinist yeah um, oh i'll tell you what husband. all your musicians were just just wonderful everyone oh thanks 
everyone seemed to really know their parts. I, mean, I realized they had the music in front of them, but um, uh, they're just so professional, and uh, you should be very, very proud of that orchestra. Oh, I am. Uh, I, I really am. You know, I've, I've, I've been there for 21 years, and I never thought, I would never planned on staying that long, but... The orchestra—it's—it's it's come a long way since I got there. We even you know, gotten a new theater, which has made a big difference the way the orchestra hangs together and plays. But the orchestra has grown immensely in budget and the season, and it's—it's uh, it's really one of the best regional orchestras around. And and I and I just keep, I look around and say, well, this is a great situation I've got here. I've got a great orchestra, a great concert hall, a community that loves the orchestra. Uh, you know, I don't want to go somewhere else and you know take a chance of, of uh, of of you know having to, to 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 fight for ticket sales and to fight union problems with the orchestra an orchestra that's not happy. You know, these people love to play, and um, and they come from all over the place. I mean, we we have um, um, uh, people from as far away as Milwaukee, um, and uh, Peoria too. One of our violinist comes all the way up from Peoria to play with us. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Well, now the the situation is going to change a little bit though. It's Coronado. I mean, the, the, I guess I don't know if the city or or the or the SMG or somebody's taking that over here soon, right? At the SMG, Coronado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was a. Uh, it's been managed for the past several years by a not-for-profit corporation called the Coronado Performing Arts Center. And uh, the city, which, which owns the building, has decided, um, in its finite wisdom, to um, to throw the whole thing over to the management company that runs the uh, the BMO Harris Center, which is the arena mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in Rockford, the eight thousand seat arena, which they play hockey and things like that in there. And, um, well, you know, this is the old classic story. If it ain't broke. Don't don't fix it. Well, right, this right. wasn't broke, but they're now, determined that they're going to fix it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't live in you guys' city, but working with that venue, I mean, we work with a lot, and and they they got their act together, and it was a good experience. And our experience with the people that are taking over was not so good, so um, that's a shame. But hopefully, it works out good for you, and that maybe they keep some of those people around to kind of help them run it. You know, you never know. Um, but you guys, you mentioned union. I mean. I know that most musicians are in a union, but also orchestra. There are orchestras that are in a union, and I don't think there's a whole lot that aren't. You guys are one of the few, or, or am I mistaken? Well, no, we 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 don't have a collective bargaining agreement with the musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of our all of our members, I think, are probably members of the American Federation of Musicians. Sure. And uh, you know, we pay the you know union dues as you know part of their you know they're playing with us. You know, we 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 do that. Um, but we don't have a collective bargaining agreement, mm-hmm. and, um, and over the years, some of the people have, you know, they they've decided, yeah, oh, we we want a collective bargaining agreement, and and we would say, well, why? Well, we want this and we want that. And we'd say to them, okay, well, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have that. That makes sense, and uh, you know, we'll make those changes, and and uh, any, well, we want this too, and well, yeah, that's reasonable, mm-hmm. and pretty soon. You know, yeah, you don't need Tell me again, why do you want to be? Why do you want a collective bargaining agreement? Yeah. Um, because when you get to that point, you it's adversarial. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really you're, again, it's, it's management versus musicians, right. and we've I, I we've never wanted that. 
That we want to all be in the same Directly page. with the musicians. I mean, dealing with you guys was simple, and it was, um, you know, it was fair. I, I, I would, I like the situation just as it is. We, we talked to another one, and how I found them. We talked to one in Dallas was by just googling non-union orchestras because it kind of scared me to think of, you know, forty-nine people on, on union dues on a weekend. I mean, it, it you know, would have probably knocked us out. Yeah, well, and that's they're always when you've got a collective bargaining agreement there's always somebody sitting back there and waiting to say gah gotcha you yeah. violated the agreement yeah um and and we don't have that here and we've we've had some people like that over the years and we finally you know, we said to them look nobody else is that way around here nobody else is making this kind of a stink and and, and trying to bring up problems you know why are you doing it mm-hmm. um you know and, and you know gradually they they go away or they be quiet um, but, um, um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm the first person to say that, that, you know, that the most underpaid, uh, people overeducated, perhaps, well, not overeducated, but in terms of the amount of education and work that musicians have put into doing what they're doing, what they're getting paid is just terrible. Right. I mean, I wish that we could, you know, you know, give each one of those people, a, a year-long contract, pay him a hundred thousand dollars a year. We can't mm-hmm. do it. You know, we're it's just we're too small of a town. You really have to be in a, like a, a, a million-plus city to be able to 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 have a really good contract, a good full-time living wage for your musicians. I feel terribly. We call them the road warriors. You know, they, <laughs> they, they drive from one orchestra to the other. Uh, you know, put a hundred thousand miles in their cars if you're playing on, on, on with different orchestras. Well, the, uh, the one terrible. thing it does say, yeah. though, about them, you know, they're in it for the music. I mean, they love the music, and that's probably why they're so good, because it's definitely not for the pay. It's, there's oh, a difference no. for it. So um, that, that says a lot about those musicians, and, and because they definitely, I mean, the resume, Just I just looked at Carl's, of course. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how much stuff he's capable of doing and what all he's done. And then to think about him, you know, coming and doing those shows, uh, it's just uh, without, without Todd. You know, he did that one for a different reason. But what? Speaking of those those uh, shows like Todd, there was talk that you guys had done with Rick Nielsen before. Is that true? We had Rick had, had played with us. Uh, he had done a concerto that was written for Eric Clapton uh, for electric guitar, and he played that with us. Well, this is probably 15 years ago now, and that was a benefit concert for a social organization in Rockford, which is which now doesn't exist anymore, and. Um, I asked Rick to do it, and uh, and and he did it. He learned the concerto. He said he he, he was yeah, ultimately he said he was really embarrassed by how he played it because he, he didn't think he did well enough. But uh, it, it has a it, it, he said it has a very special place in his heart because it was um, either the first time or the last time, maybe the last time his father had heard him play. Oh wow! Mm. And his father was a serious. Uh, a tenor, a church musician, choral director, and I'm sure you know. Always wondered, you know, where did they go wrong? I've got a rock rock guitarist for, <laughs> but, but um, his father heard him play a concerto with the Rockford Symphony that day, and and uh, uh, I know that that meant a lot to Rick. Sure, is that that's his chair, or Cheap Trick's chair up there at the top of the Coronado. This black he 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 donated the money for that. <laughs> yeah, is that I where guess. he sits if he comes and and wants to see a show? Uh, you know, I, I've often wondered that myself, if that's where he sits or or, or, or not. <laughs> but, uh, well, was it, well, yeah, there's I mean, a plaid chair up there. 
you guys do a lot of shows in there, and I know you know some of them are obviously more serious. And, and the crowd that for the Todd show was a lot more different. I mean, is, is that just a lot of fun? A nice kind of different break for you guys to to go into something where, you know, it's not so formal and the crowd's so different. Oh yeah, I mean, you can actually bring in beers into the auditorium. Man, that's great. I wish you could do that for symphony concerts. Well, they don't let y'all do that. And I was kind of surprised too. <laughs> well, you know, I. And and maybe they do let people bring. Maybe just people don't do it. But uh, um, yeah, I like going to concerts, uh, uh, different kinds of concerts at the Coronado. It's a totally different vibe, you know, when 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 it's not a, a serious concert going on. Um, God, was the last the last thing I saw there that was maybe much different than than a typical classical concert was uh, Weird Al Yankovic, mm. um, which which you know and you know Weird Al is he's yeah what a musician. He mm-hmm. is absolutely superb. The production values of his stuff just is right on. I mean, man, just he leaves nothing, nothing to chance. <laughs> but uh, 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 you know, and that's 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 such a, a wonderful thing about that theater is that it's it's just you know it's a fantasy land. You walk in, I could see all all the the the, the Todd fans from all over the world who had never been in a place like that before, snapping pictures everywhere that they could uh, point the camera. Oh, it was absolutely beautiful. So yeah. beautiful. I got to tell you a story about that. About 20 years ago, there Harry Connick Jr. played the Coronado, and he walked out on the stage and looked around, and he says, this looks like Satan's basement. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <Ooh. laughs> Very interesting. Um, I I asked, gotta, go I'm sorry, Doug. Go ahead. Well, just while we're talking about the theater, um, it's possible, Steve, that you might know a, a little story to tell. Um, I asked Michael uh, Goldberg mm-hmm. if the theater was haunted, and he said, "Oh yes, I could I could sit here all day and tell you stories." But we were pressed for time, so I never got a story. Have you ever experienced a haunted story uh, at that I theater? I haven't, but just fairly recently, um, the, um, uh, the the crew they, they all swear this 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 happened and. See if I can remember exactly what happened. Yeah, if, whether I get a detail or wrong, still the, the point is still there. They were setting up on stage uh, for for a show. It just you know, the theater was closed, and they were just set up on stage. And and, uh, and somebody said, "Who's that guy?" And they looked. There was a guy sitting up there in the balcony. And um, you know, they they said, "Hello, you know what? What? Who are you? What are you doing?" The guy didn't answer him, and um, and then just a little while later, the guy disappeared. Um, and they all swear that it happened. They, they you know, they say, yeah, he was right there. We were just looking right at him. He was just sitting in one of the seats in the balcony, and then next thing you know, he was gone. Hmm. Ooh, scary. I yeah, love that. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we had a question in the chat room. Somebody want to know um, if it, if it was decided rehearsal or when y'all decided to do. We got to get you a woman twice. <laughs> we 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 decided that right after. Uh, I saw the light. We came off stage, and Todd said, "Do you think we should do an encore?" <laughs> wow. Uh, sure. Yeah, it sounds like they want one, and and uh, we waited for a while, and they they were not letting up. And um, so, well, what can we do? What can we do? And I said, "Well, let, let's do. Let, we got to get you a woman. It's it's a you know it's one of the the, the hit tunes uh, that that people know, and and it's." Uh, that well, of course, people know. Come on now, I can't believe the way that people do those every every note, every yeah, word. We knew all of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so 
So, yeah, I, I don't know. It might not have been the best choice, but I think it was a pretty good choice. for. Oh, it was a great choice. It was fun, uh, you know. And, and the thing about it is, I'm sure you heard, Todd, I don't know if you caught it, but the night y'all played it the first night, that was only that was the first time he'd ever played it in the United States in its entirety, and it's, and it's only the third time in his career that he's played that song. He just has never played it live he's, for whatever reason. He'd do a couple bars here and there, you know, with Utopia, but he's never performed that song in the United States until that night, first night with you guys. So that's, the fact that we got it twice, really four times if we went to both shows, is is pretty cool. And maybe the last <laughs> chance that we get to see it, we were talking about that earlier, he just doesn't do that one a lot. No, it's it's a great great song too. Yeah, uh, I um, yeah, and we, we told people you, know, you can't just you know go with another song. You got to they have to have the charts, of course. So, but um, we were also talking to Carl about charts, and I know that um, he had mentioned that you know some instruments is not as important, of course, as it would be for the strings and that thing. And you know you are used to playing with all those people, but we brought in a couple of newbies for you, Eddie Zine and Jesse Grass. Jesse, yeah. Gorsh- Long-time guitarist and Eddie, a big fan who, who has a good career with you know has done stuff with Hall and Oates and other things. Well, how did they perform for you? How was that working with them? Oh, they were great. It was just they were great, just great. First of all, you know Jesse. I mean, it's I was so glad Jesse could do it because you know we've got access to a lot of really, really, really good guitarists that could come and play that show, but nobody who really knows this stuff like Jesse does. I mean that's just such a plus having a guitarist that that really uh, you know, is is just into the music knows it's not just playing the notes you know with guitar you got to decide you know, when you're going to have the uh, you know your feedback and 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 you know how are you going to yeah I'm not, I'm not a guitarist myself but so I, I you know don't really know the lingo but um, that's so important and Eddie um, yeah I was absolutely floored when I found out that Eddie was. He was just planning on coming up and seeing the show, and ended up uh, getting sort of pressed into service. Um, <clears throat> he was just rock solid, absolutely rock solid, and and he was so nervous because he'd never played with an orchestra before. Yeah, and he's a big and, fan of Todd's too. Yeah, yeah, and um, and see, that's always you know from when when you're a conductor work you're conducting a, a pop show like that. Your either best friend or your worst enemy is the drummer, mm. because um, uh, you know, for the most part, for a lot of that stuff, besides maybe even well, not even just even starting the piece, you almost don't need a conductor half the time because the beat just keeps propelling the piece forward. Uh, but you get a, a, a drummer that either can't keep a steady beat or doesn't know the right tempos. Um, uh, you know, or just can't figure out what you're doing as a conductor, and yo know, man, you're in for a whole lot of misery for you know, two and a half hours or something. I mean, he was just always right there, and we would talk. You know, he'd be right in front of me, and we'd be, you know, talking or doing sign language, or um, you know, should I start this? Should you start this? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you three or whatever. And um, so he was just he was he was wonderful, just wonderful. I'd love to work with him again, and. To be right in front of him, be able to see the faces he's making while he's playing too. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that great like make fun. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> kind of fun to watch. <laughs> A lot of fun to watch. Oh man! It's glad it didn't distract you from your from your work there. <laughs> oh no! No, you yeah. could just look up at him and see him. He was you know concentrating and you know really just just into the music and living it. 
And, yeah. Well, uh, now, do y'all have, normally have a drummer for shows, a lot, a local guy there that does it, or how does, how does we, that work? Well, for, for shows that uh, are, are, you know, rock or pop-based, yeah, we got to have a set drummer. Um, that uh, it depends a little bit on, on what the show is as to who we might have. Um, like, uh, well, we just had our last uh, classical concert last year. Um, we had one of the one pieces on it was uh, the Bernstein Symphonic Dances from West Side Story. Mm-hmm. And although that's a, a piece for a large symphony orchestra, you've got to have a real top-notch, you know, Broadway jazz drummer. To you know, at, at, at the, the drum kit and that to hold that together, um, that's just you know such an important part. It's just part of the you know, the fabric of the, of the music. Mm-hmm. And um, um, we actually, actually kind of, strangely enough, was a guy I went to high school with. I hadn't seen him in about forty years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Linda Linda hired him, and, uh, and oh my God, I know him. <laughs> but a superb drummer. But normally, you know. Um, the the most of the classical stuff we do you, you know certainly there's some percussion sometimes sometimes there's a lot of percussion but there's never a set drummer in the the classical stuff mm-hmm. well what there, there any songs um that stood out to you maybe that were easier harder than others or that you really liked that you didn't know or anything stand out for you for the show well i property i like property a lot Right. Um, it, just for some reason or another, that just—it's very, very well scored. Um, um, the, the, the touching like, again, the, the ballads. I love the ballads. Uh, Bag Lady was just, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 you know, of course, uh, Wailing Wall. Um, I, I probably had the guiltiest pleasure in Fascist Christ, <laughs> Why uh, that? which was certainly the loudest piece. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that was the loudest piece of the evening. Uh I'm not much in, into into hip hop music. Um it just doesn't do all a whole lot for, for me, but but being right up there in the middle of it with the, you know, with Todd and Jesse whacking away at the guitars and 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 uh uh man that was fun. And the fans singing the chorus. And the fans singing and me singing too. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> Oh, here's here's the stupid question of the night. Oh. Um, how come nobody in the orchestra told Todd that his fly was open the second night? Because nobody could see him because he's facing <laughs> the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you seem to know because you, you definitely him. laughed at him when he fixed Why it. Why didn't Jill tell him? She was on the front row of the pit. <laughs> they should have told him. Anyway. Maybe Jill didn't want him to close it. Who knows? Yeah, that was pretty oh, wild. Geez. Zito, yeah, I don't that's 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 funny. Well, you know, it's just one of those things that you, uh, you, you know, before you ever go on the conductor as a soloist, you know, one of the things you always reflexively do is check and see if my fly is open. <laughs> um, and uh, and you know, every once in a while, oops, it is. <laughs> Gee, I'm glad I checked. But um, <laughs> sorry, I mean, I just don't usually look at men's crotches. You know, it, it's uh, uh, so I, I I might have overlooked that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just jazzing you, that's all. <laughs> well, you're perfectly entitled to look at Todd's crush. You've got a right to do that. So that's, that's I actually was on the first row, and I did not notice it. So, Well, yep. I, I don't know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're too busy listening and watching all you guys. I mean, it's a lot to, lot to see 
Uh, yeah, it was fun well, watching you. You got very animated in certain songs, and and uh, you were rocking out a bit. Well, yeah, it's and that's you you again. There are places where you can do that because you realize you don't have to work so hard in that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some pieces where you're trying to make sure that you're that that people are first of all entering the right place. You're you're, you're trying to get to the dynamics that are written in there and, and um, you know, taking be keeping track of the tempo, making sure things aren't slowing down or whatever. And, and there are other pieces that, uh, you know, very frankly, you know, Fascist Christ, for instance, you know, I, you know, I could have left the stage. <laughs> that piece would have gone on just, just fine without me. Um, so, yeah, you can rock a little bit and uh, have fun. You don't get a chance. Yeah, I, I mentioned to, uh, in, in, a, in an email I wrote to, uh, to, to Doug, um, it, it, one of the reasons I, I think I was really affected by this concert, or really, really delighted by doing this, is that um, I, I started like, like any other kid. Uh, you know, I was obsessed with rock music. My only trouble is I, I played trumpet. I didn't play guitar or drums. And, and back in the late '60s, um, you, you know, there just wasn't much for a trumpet players to do in, in, in rock bands. And, you know, thankfully for me, soul came along. Motown. Uh-huh. And I got to play in you know, you know Jason Brown stuff and uh, Jack uh, uh, Jason. Uh, what am I saying? Um, James Brown. James Brown. There we go. Wilson mm-hmm. Pickett and, and and all all that stuff. And so you know I, I got to got to do the the band stuff. And but then about 1971, uh, that's when classical music sort of hit me, and I I just became obsessed with it. And for the next the next ten or fifteen years, it's the rock music and pop music, I I just don't know much about it. About it, you know, through the the seventies and about uh, well, a good chunk of the eighties, I just really don't know a whole lot of what on them, you know. And now I'm kind of learning it in reverse. Mm-hmm. People, most people live through it. You know, they listen to the oldies stations and and they know all that stuff. I don't know that stuff. Right. Um, I was I was busy trying to catch up and learn the classical stuff that uh, I hadn't learned because. Um, you know, I like to joke, but it's not really a joke. It's true. My parents couldn't do a decent job of playing the radio when I grew up. Um, uh, you know, we didn't listen to any music. We listened to whatever WGN radio played on, in Chicago. But you know, I, you know, I had no musical background whatsoever. I just was lucky enough that somebody handed me a trumpet in, in grade school and said, "Hey, you want to play in the band?" Oh, well, sure. And um, but that's that's what music can do for you. Um, you know, here I was. Um, I was a smart kid. I was always you know, getting straight A's, but you know that doesn't get you any credibility in school. Um, and uh, I was, you know, fat and uncoordinated, and had real thick glasses. They used to call them Coke bottle glasses before they made, started making Coke bottles out of plastic. Um, yep. And uh, but uh, I could play the trumpet, and uh, you know that got me respect. And uh, you know when 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 you can do something for yourself that makes you feel good. And gets the respect of other people. Uh, you know, you you like that. That's that's something you you, uh, you you grow up with and you hold on to. So that's the reason I got into music. And I almost got out of music, but um, 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 I was in pre-med and um, came to a um, uh, a bio and human anatomy teacher, and um, I didn't like him. I thought he was a jerk. So I showed him. I quit. <laughs> I'm sure he was impressed. 
Yeah. Well, I got one more question. We're going to roll into our our next guest who wants to speak to you too before before I let you run. The uh, you had mentioned you know if I ever needed a conductor to to give you a call, I take it uh, you could travel to a whole other place with a whole other orchestra and y'all could pull this whole thing off again. I guess because all these people are so professional, they have the charts and you know is that what you meant? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's and it really helps if 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 you've got a conductor that knows the stuff has been through the stuff that knows the pitfalls that can talk to the contractor beforehand and say look you know um you know who have you got playing now you know tenor sax on this you know really important you got to have a good tenor sax player can improvise and and uh you know your fourth trumpet player needs to be able to improvise um um the first trumpet player's got to be a screamer um, you know that sort of stuff before they even get a hold of the, the music, and then you know then go through the rehearsal. It just makes the rehearsal process go a lot faster. Um, and you know some orchestras are, you know, like I said, Rockford's a pretty good orchestra. You know there are orchestras that are better out there. There are orchestras that are not as good, and uh, and everywhere in between. And there's orchestras that. Uh, you know that most of the people are good, and then like a couple of weak weak players. If you got a conductor that knows uh, the ins and outs of the scores and knows how to, and, and has worked with Todd before, um, you know, knows how yeah. that stuff uh, is going to hang together, it makes well, things go a lot quicker. A lot yeah, Mike would mention that there were some notes y'all were taking about some things that you learned and discovered um, that you needed to change maybe for next time, or that would help out the next group. Do you remember any of those specifically? Um, yeah, talk- there's a couple of places that um, you know have been decided that um, um, from the between the Metropole performance and this performance that uh, yeah definitely going to take uh, take those eight bars, repeat those eight bars. You know, do it twice. There wasn't a repeat in the part. Um, in um, um, pretending to care, um, there's a, a place where Todd. Uh, um, just in in in, uh, in singing in, in the way he phrases uh, the, the the piece, it would make a lot of sense to change a three four bar to a two four bar mm-hmm. twice in the piece uh, because it just it goes along with what he's singing. Um, I also even before we started that piece, I told the cellos to leave out um, a, a note in two places because I knew it was going to cause a problem um, if they tried to play it because. Yeah. In just catching him the way he was coming in, and 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 beginning the phrase, uh, there's just no way they were going to be able to play that note and play with him. Gotcha. Better leave it out at, uh, at that point. Um, so just stuff like that. It, it's um, um, uh, I, I've I've always I've, I started out as an opera conductor, mm-hmm. and being an opera conductor, first of all, you learn a lot about following singers of any kind. Um, and and how to listen to them and know what they're going to do, uh, and secondly, um, it makes you very very respectful of of rehearsal time, because uh, you've got a big opera to do and only a certain number of hours to rehearse it in, and you've got to finish it. You've got one shot to get through it in rehearsal, and you better finish it. You better be be got, have gotten through every minute of that piece of rehearsal. Otherwise, everybody's screwed. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when you're up there, you got a big opera orchestra, you got all those people on stage. You realize that, you know, that every second is costing dollars, and uh, and you've got to really use that time efficiently. So that's the way I, I operate when I rehearse. Um, you know, I I knew 
um, exactly how long I well. I knew that the first uh, the first couple of pieces were probably going to be a little slower going because just you know getting in get, getting the feel of the whole thing, but I knew that by the time I got to hello it's me, um, I wanted to be at I forgot what it's four fifteen or something like that. I looked at my watch four fifteen hello it's me okay we're right on schedule, <laughs> and when we hit the um, the end of the when we took our break it was exactly where I wanted it to be. Um, and um you know that's that's important because you you know you can't tell a producer or an orchestra oh gee I'm sorry we didn't rehearse we didn't finish rehearse we're going to have to take some overtime now <laughs> uh you know that's <laughs> would you, we, you 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 wouldn't like that would you Doug no <laughs> no no <laughs> all right very good well hey, we got someone else to say hello to our, our next guest uh and I appreciate all your time. You've been very generous with it, and we appreciate all the inside information. It's been fun, and it was definitely a blast doing the concert. But um, before we drop off, uh, I believe we have Eddie Zine on the line with us. Eddie, is that you? Hey. Eddie. Am I there with you? Steve. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, man, you, you, were, you were my rock, man. You made this gig so easy to do. The whole experience, you made it relaxed. You gave me confidence, uh, and that was priceless. We've got a mutual admiration society going here. You know that? (laughs) (laughs) A bromance. Yeah, a bromance, exactly. I'm sitting there, and we're at rehearsal, and you look at me. You're about to start uh, the, the first song. You got your hands up, and you looked at me and said, well, you already know the tempos, and then it struck me, oh, you think I'm from Todd's band. <laughs> and I said to you, I said, no, I'm following you. <laughs> but you knew the tempos, though. That's the thing. I, well, yeah, yeah, because I've been listening to these songs for starting 40 years ago, you know. Yeah. And they're yeah. part of my uh, soundtrack in my head for everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got to ask you, um, what song were you, uh, were you directing claps on a song? Uh, and clapping your hands? Yeah. Um, oh. What was that? Was um, Oh, yeah, the violinist I, clapping. Or I half saw of the light. Them. Yeah, I saw the light, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, well, you know, I wasn't aware that people were clapping behind me because they had the plexiglass, and I could only hear stuff coming from monitors. So here I am watching you, and, I'm, and then I saw you doing smacking your hands together on the backbeat, and I'm thinking... How cool is this conductor? Because I could really lock in with you when you were doing that, and <laughs> and then I found out later it was uh, it was all about the hand claps. It, it was really. Yeah, I was reading music. You know, it's, I'm not cool at all. I just read music. <laughs> no, I'll take it back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to uh, enlist the help of my uh, drum teacher from college because that was the last time I played with an orchestra, and it was only in college. You know, and. And he told me, his name was Harold Harps, and he said, don't keep my head buried in the chart. Pay close attention to the conductor. So that, that, took, that, that I got a lot of mileage out of that uh, advice, I believe. That's good advice. The, um, well, the, one of the things about doing any kind of a, of a rock show is that one of the characteristics of rock is basically that, and of course not everything we do is rock, uh, but one of the characteristics of rock is the tempo doesn't change. Um, so that's, you don't have to count on, uh, you know, slowing down a little bit, speeding up here or whatever. Uh, it's going to stay the same pretty much from beginning to end. 
but um, um, uh, you know, you were you were just rock solid. Um, you know, once once you got started, okay, I don't have to worry about the keeping the tempo or, or, or anything. You you just you were right there. Uh, although uh, some of the terrific. charts where you there was notation where the the time uh, the BPM did change. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to really rely on you to to know where it was going to be. I mean, there were there were time signature changes uh, that were piggybacked with t- t- time uh, tempo changes, and and that was all you gluing us together for those. I'll yeah. Tell you. Oh, flamingo is the better, best example yeah. of that one. I think you know, exactly. all the tempo changes in flamingo. Yeah. Probably the speaking of which, your percussion section yeah. uh, said to me that at some point they had to play. The timpani, and then it hit a single note on the glockenspiel, which happened to be clear across their section. So <laughs> I guess they were running, huh? They, yeah, the unsung heroes of this piece are the, the percussionists. Um, this piece, the, the orchestra, the, the, these orchestrations are really superb. And this guy wrote extremely well, but extremely liberally for the percussion section. There's a lot of percussion in this. Uh, I'm not talking about the drum set, of course. I'm talking about all the toys they've got all set up there: the marimba, the vibes, the you know, the, the xylophone, the glockenspiel, the the conga drums, the everything else back there. Boy, they they they, they were keeping busy. They were uh, literally running back and yeah. forth. Mm-hmm. It was, I, you know, it was fun. I meant to write their names down, and I meant to write down the names of the solos. I don't know if you happen to know off the top of your head all those particular people I'm thinking of. Oh, I probably have to. Uh, I probably have to send it to you. Uh, okay. I don't know right offhand. You can exchange emails on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They they were great. Uh, I'll tell you, even the, the 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 crew at the Coronado were so nice, mm-hmm. you know. And every member of the orchestra was extremely nice. So that was a really cool thing to be working with people. I kept saying them. Everybody here is so nice. I, Maybe because they're just outside of a major city and and everybody was happy there, you know, <laughs> or well, they just you like know, working it. I, I, I know that this, this is true with the orchestra, but I'm sure it's especially true with the crew, the the Coronado crew. You know, not every company, road company, who uh, star that comes in has nice people working for them. And you you guys were terrific. I mean, all all of Todd's people, uh, Todd, everybody was just just you know they, they were great. Everybody would love to do it again. Uh, I had, I was really uh, blessed to be able to play with Jesse because he was amazing, and I was digging Carl on the bass. That was uh, so. That was a treat that I got to work with these two great uh, 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 players. And man, and didn't Todd and, and Jesse play well when they, they they did their harmonies together? I'm sure the fans loved that too. Oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, that was that was that was maybe the high point of uh, of my uh, the evening you played in the um, well in in flamingo but also in uh, I saw the light I saw the light uh, yeah. yeah man that was just uh, you know the the orchestrator um, went through great great pains to to write into the orchestra what uh, uh, you know, what Todd and Jesse were doing just in case maybe they didn't do it so well or you know there was a hole there. But man, they, he didn't have to because the two of them together playing that stuff was just—it was just fantastic. It was just like a—you know—it it, just—it was perfect. It just was and perfect. I, 
I got to play the drum beat that that I've I had put in my back pocket for the last, for forty years ago, and actually got to do it on the song that that I originally heard it on under underneath the, the guitar solo on "I Saw the Light." How big a treat was that? Was that for me? I can't even describe to you, but it was so much fun. <laughs> and didn't, didn't Todd sing just beautifully at, at both nights? It oh, was, especially on Saturday. Uh, uh-huh. you know, like he said on Friday, he. he He's, I, you know, I, I thought, geez, he's, he's really singing a little bit more at rehearsal than I thought he was going. Maybe he ought he to do it. He took a chance. He took yeah. a chance, and uh, uh, you know, with just a couple hours between the rehearsal and the show, um, there, you know, there just isn't enough to to recover from that. But but he still still sang well on Friday. But he was he was just terrific on Saturday. Uh, on Friday, I actually got uh, wet eyes during pretending to care, which I'm thinking, oh. Uh oh! What am I going to do now? I don't want to move. I you know, start moving around and try to dry my uh, face here, but it was really moving. And, but Saturday, correct me, uh, but somebody told me that they could have swore that there was a standing ovation after almost every song. Now, yeah, I think that's true. That is true. Uh huh. That is that is true. Yeah, and and I, you know, pretending to care, uh, I, I that song really moves me. Um, I, I couldn't allow myself to be moved during the performance because you keep pretty busy conducting that piece. It's sure. always pushing forward, and you're always trying to follow him. And <clears throat> you know, he um, you know pushes the tempo a little bit here, back phrases a little bit here, and um, you know you got to know when to hold back, when to push ahead a little bit. And so that's uh, you always yeah, I'm always thinking on that piece, trying to, to to make sure we end up in the same place. But that, that's a beautiful piece. Yeah, and the of course, was a cappella, so it's. Interesting yeah. hearing it coming straight from an orchestra with all those instruments, and uh, it was, but it was absolutely gorgeous. That was yeah, one of my favorites, no doubt about it. I yes. had the best seat in the house for that performance. So. <laughs> <laughs> and all I, it was like those songs, like me and Jesse both got to be entertained and moved by the performance. You know, and, uh, and by the way, that second night. Uh, I think I was I was rebaptized with a new name uh, that is permanent now for me, which when Todd introduced me as Eddie Z, so <laughs> that is now my new stage name for for, for here. <laughs> for do, here do, you, do you do you know why he called you Eddie Z? Do you know why? I do, because oh, I sympathize with him because. I do. This happens to me all the time. I have to write down people's names if I can introduce them because when the pressure comes, you know, right, right down to it, I forget names at the drop of a hat. And he came off stage and he says, he said, "Okay, I got to go out. I got to introduce the rhythm section." Oh my God, what's Eddie's last name? It's because with a C. Anybody know? And, and I couldn't remember. And, and 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 Kurt's trying to look it up on his on his iPhone, and. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know any of this, and so he—that's why he came out. I—I I don't remember how he introduced Carl, but he said, "This is on the drums, Eddie Z, and on guitar, Jesse G." <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I've been autographing uh, you know, when I played with uh, Hall and Oates or, or Foghat back in you know the the '90s or the Monkees. I would sign Eddie Z because I was too damn lazy to write the sign out. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I really fell for it because I just did that same thing happens to me. Uh, I just, you know, the pressure comes on, and somebody says, well, what's that guy's name? <gasps> oh, crap. 
<laughs> and I just I freeze. But um, he panicked. He said, "Oh my God, I can't remember his last name. It begins with a Z. Z Z. What 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 comes after Z? Well, you were Eddie Z. Well, you will always will be Eddie Z. He's Todd R. Yes, Jesse there you Z. go. C R. Todd R. Yep. And <laughs> I'm never going to forget those fans that made me feel uh, welcome. Oh my God. I mean, this, at the end of the first night, they who was left in there chanted. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Yeah. I'm thinking that was that was nice, you know. But uh, I, the, I I don't know if you know, but when I went to the the restaurant after the final night, uh, when I came in, they did the same thing, and oh my God, they did it in there, and I was completely overwhelmed by them. And I believe this just goes to prove that the Todd Runkin fans and the Runkin Radio. Uh, section of them as well are probably the best fans in the whole world and i knew this before i I ever got to feel like that from watching them support todd and now i'm completely convinced that i i really love all those people well i and i i can see why and and i'm one of them too um it it was just man it it just it, it it made the whole evening experience made a fan of me and it's uh uh i I just uh, you know now now that this is all over actually we just didn't have that much time but there's a million questions I wanted to ask him mm-hmm. um, you know, about this song about that song about uh, you know just little stuff about you know what what did you mean when you wrote this and uh, all sorts of stuff like that a lot of times he'll give you the old it's the individual interpretation <laughs> it's hard to get yeah. out of it sometimes what he means about a certain song he may tell you well I know you you got to know how to ask that like I remember yeah. asking Aaron Copeland something and and realizing okay Aaron Copeland's been asked this question a hundred times a thousand times probably he doesn't want to answer it so he'll find a way of deflecting the answer so you got to find a different way of answer asking it you know that's going to make it a little more personal yeah you know the the timing of this this whole thing was pretty weird because I only had 11 days to look at those charts and it uh, it was just coincidental that uh, all the bands I was working with, like Fernando Perdomo, we, we cut the last drum tracks for Dreaming in Stereo 3, and he was packing up and moving to L.A., so I'm thinking, uh, what am I going to do next? You know, And also the other bands I worked with, uh, the Levisees and Tony Stevens Slowrider, headed by Billy Levisee, he, he took off to Europe, so I had never had all this kind of time. And then this Doug uh, laid these charts on me, and... Uh, uh, if it hadn't been for my wife, Susan, going everywhere and taking care of buying me clothes for the trip, renting the car, and getting the hotel, because I, I, all I did was have my head in those charts, because I didn't want to <laughs> let you down. I was worried about you, Steve. I'm thinking, what is, what's the conductor going to, is, is he going to, um, you know, uh, say, hey, what the heck, man? You know, but you, instead, you came over to me and said, hey, man, it's going great. So it it was Man, all that work I put in on those charts was well worth it, and I've had the time of my life. And I, I, I'll always remember looking at you up there when we were playing. It was so much fun. <laughs> you get a picture, man. Get a picture of it yeah. and put it in your den. There's a it's, great Yiddish word to describe Steve it. Steve in the T-shirt. It, it's it's beshert. There you it's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we got a, a caller here. We'll see if they wanted to uh, maybe ask y'all some questions. I'm not sure what they want, but uh, if y'all don't mind, let's see what they got and. Sure. If we got any kind of something more interesting than what me and Mel asked. All right, 408, you're with us. 
four eight San Jose. I think you got a question for Eddie or Steve or anybody? Well, I don't Hello. Know. There you are. Hey. Hi. Hi. Um, hey, I just wanted to say Rungan Radio is a fabulous vehicle to my idol, Todd. Um, <laughs> my you. hat goes off to you guys. You do such a wonderful job. I am new. I'm a new Todd head. I'm a product of the 70s, but I just discovered the healer myself. I needed healing. I had gone through a traumatic time, and I got lost in him on the Internet one night. And the next day, I was on a plane to San Juan Capistrano to see him live. Oh, yeah. Who is that? Yeah, this was just this past show we did at the Coach House. Right. Did you go to the Rockford? Pardon me? Did you make it to the Rockford? I didn't. And you know what? I didn't even know about it because, like I said, I'm a new Todd head, so I'm just following you guys now, and I just discovered Run Green Radio. Oh. So I just now am in the loop. I hope you accept me all. You know, sure. accept me. But now we're going to have to do another orchestra show, so you can see. <laughs> well, we, in order to welcome you into the family, we need to know your name. Yeah. My name is Princess of the Universe. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's my new name. No, it's Dorinda, and the last name is Barnes. Okay. Hi, Dorinda. This is Mel. Nice to meet you. Oh, no. Hi, you're lovely. I've seen your photos. You're both just wonderful. Well, thanks for coming around. We hope we get to see one of these orchestra shows. They're really good. Oh, you know, I saw the podcast, and I got tears in my eyes thinking of it. I started to cry. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Well, it was stuck. Yeah, since we got Steve on the line, Steve, I hope you don't mind. I mean, I don't know if you saw it. I know it helped you. You guys got to see the Metropole show. There's some fans that are already getting together that are going to put together something like that where the whole two nights are synced with audio, video, you know, the best audio they can find with video of the show's different fan video. Y'all are cool with that, right? Well, I'm cool with it, um, sure. <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they can get some of the video that the man was shooting on the uh, uh, right side there, our right side. I don't yeah, know yeah. what that video was for. Oh, yeah. yeah, Steve, do you know who that was that was shooting some sort of professional-grade video from uh, That's stage? Kurt Johnson, our stage manager. That's uh, what does he do with those? Um, I'll use the promotional stuff for the orchestra. You know, we're putting together a you know, commercial or something to you know, promote the orchestra. He, he uses it for that. Ooh, we might need to talk to him, Doug. Let's go. Oh, yeah, we'll buddy. Talk to him. I talked to him already, actually. I got it under control. It's all good. Dorinda, thanks for calling. We'll uh, love to talk to you more about your Todd story. Um on another show, it was uh, really nice to hear from you. Glad you uh, came aboard. But stay, stick with us. Sign up on our newsletter page. Just join us on the RunganRadio.com so you'll be in the loop about concerts like this orchestra show and the next stuff we got going on. And uh, welcome. All right, we got another call. Let's see two six two. It's taking a while. Looks like to meet people. So two six two, you with us? Yeah, two six two. You're on the air. It's uh, Kathy Lee B calling. Hey. What up? I, I You're the wife know. of the tuxedo. I am the <laughs> wife of the tuxedo, yeah. Um, I still have no voice left. Uh, what a fabulous weekend uh, all around, just the whole Rungren Radio family reunion, uh, awesome um, symphony orchestra shows with Todd. Um, Steve, I just want to say how cool that was, all you guys in those shirts the second night. Oh, um, thanks. We got a kick and, out of it. 
Eddie, you just you brought um, an element uh, to the symphony orchestra that made it okay for all of us in our um, formal wear to, you know, do the headbanging thing <laughs> during Mammon. <laughs> it was, it was divine. You. The whole thing was absolutely sublime. Uh, kudos, Doug and Mel. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of anything else um, I, I left out or wanted to say, but uh, let's do it again real soon. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming to both shows. Of course, CLB, and uh, thanks, Kurt, for giving Todd that tux. It was awesome. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Night. Night. Thanks for calling in. Night. Night. Chicago, actually, from Kenosha. All right, we got 815 with us, I believe. That is Rockford, right? Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, it is. Who is this? Jim Snyder. Yeah. Hey, Eddie. Just hey, heard Jim. You. Yeah, what's going on? And uh, hi, Steve. Hi. I, it's You know, I, uh, I, I was born and raised in Rockford. And uh, I was quite a, I was quite uh, enthralled when I, I heard the announcement that uh, Todd was coming to Rockford and let alone was going to play with the Rockford Symphony. And I think in probably the last ten years I've seen you guys twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I am really really uh, embarrassed to say that. <laughs> uh, well, mm-hmm. you're be less embarrassed than than having to say you've never seen us before. Yes, yeah. and and I have friends that are subscribers and. But after I saw, you know, the two performances, and I, I just was like, uh, a friend of mine is a, a subscriber and has been for a long time, and, and Kurt Johnson was my piano teacher uh, back in 1974, 1975. Wow. And, and he says, you know, you've got you to come to more of these shows. <laughs> and uh, and I and I decided that I was going to subscribe. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, it's a great show. I, I enjoyed what you did. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times tears came to my eyes during that shows. Um, it was so touching. And um, and there was another thing I was just going to mention or mention real quick. You know, all these people came into Rockford, and um, they, I gave the list of a bunch of things to do around town, and people would tell me about things that they did in our community, and um, I acted surprised. <laughs> and I've lived here so long, I forgot what a wonderful city we really have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a lifelong resident, and I think of the problems in our community. And uh, we have them, but we have a wonderful city, and, and you're obviously part of that. So um, I, I wanted to say thank you, all of you fans, for reminding me why I've lived here 50 years. <laughs> oh, that's really, really just Man, that's really what I like here. I, I'm not from Rockford. Uh, I I came here with my adopted hometown, and uh, uh, you know, like a lot of other people, I think you know, I I say, you know, come on, what's not to like about this place? Yeah, there's problems. What? Tell me a city that doesn't have problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, it, but there's just so much going for that that place. So much, so many wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and every once in a while, you know. A spark will come along and like like this, like this concert, and then people sit up and they realize, hey, you know what? This isn't such a bad place after all. Uh huh. Yep. I, I I found that, and and I was reminded after I seen a show, and again I was remiss because I had an opportunity the last time to see you guys. You played at the waterfront. Uh huh. And your wife was spectacular. 
my daughter. My, huh? My wife? Maybe it was. I, I believe it was your wife. I'll have to tell her that. <laughs> um, we were up front, and my daughter is uh, my daughter has Asperger's syndrome, and uh-huh. she just loves music, but she's kind of you know sometimes she gets uh, weirded with it, but just loves it. And we were up front, and she just wanted to get closer and closer and closer, and I had her up on my shoulders. And your wife kind of waved me around to the backstage, the, the area, and she brought us back and let Kelly stand on the stage and watch the whole orchestra from the backside, and she just loved it. And I had that opportunity, and I loved it that night, and I, I blew it off. And, I, you know, she, you know um, two mistakes uh, have been corrected. Now I need to start going more often, so thank you again. Well, great. And you know something? My son has Asperger's, too, so... Oh wow, small yeah. world. Yeah. So I know what you I know what you're what you're dealing with there. Yeah. It's tough but it's uh you know, it's doable. Yeah, it is. And she she couldn't go to the show because of uh you know, graduation, but uh I, I'm just so excited and uh you know, again I you know, I wanted to say that to you personally and then I again I, I wanted to thank Doug and Mel for, you know, again, uh bringing it here to help reintroduce me to my own city and uh and that's amazing. And well, that you know what, Jim. Thank you so much. I think you put up something like 150 posters around town. So uh, I'm glad that you got something out of it. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, and just the, just having it here, and you guys, you know, everybody telling me what wonderful, you know, I, I had a great meal here, or, or I just love the Anderson Gardens or whatever. And I'm always saying, you know, I live here, I don't entertain here, but there's wonderful things to entertain here too. And I, I just hope and. And it was great to ha- not to have to go someplace and to travel, and I've traveled a lot of places with you guys, to not have to do it again. And, you know, I'm not expecting it next month or next year or whatever, but it was just absolutely wonderful. And I, I thank you guys for uh, for uh, for looking at our community and saying, hey, there- there's worth here, and uh, and we can make something happen. And it was absolutely magnificent. And I've just been on, like, cloud nine the last three or four days because of that. So I want to thank you guys. Well, oh, you made, made my day. Yeah, you talked about what we said. What? Tell me a little bit. Like, what? Tell people what you told me about what some of the restaurants said about the fans. Well, I talked to um, that they like to drink. <laughs> <laughs> that they like we knew to that drink. already. Yeah, they like to drink, and that they were really good with service. I mean, they were really uh, appreciative. And most of the places that people went into. Um, you know, I had told them that we were going to have people in the area, and particularly it was around the, the State Street 500 area. And they said that the, the people were so nice, and they let everybody know that they were Todd Rungard fans. <laughs> and, wow. and that they um, that they appreciated it so much, and they, they appreciated the great service and the great food. Um, and um, it was wonderful. And there were so very few com- uh, negative comments I got from people about the service and the things they got here in our city, and uh, you know, I uh, I, I wished uh, yeah, you maybe our mayor, or the city council, or whatever could hear some of this of accentuating the real positive things about our city. And um, man, this this was one thing, and yeah, it was just a great thing, you know, great thing. Well, I'd like great. Mr. Schneider. Thanks again for your help. Hey, it was my pleasure, and I'll tell you what. You call me again and want me to do it again, I'll do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You think? Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And, again, thanks, Steve and Eddie. I, I, God, I am so excited for you. Uh, I, I'm glad you got your dream, man. 
I, that's Thanks. true, Jim. Uh, that was, and I'm glad you took pictures of it. And I'd like to pile on, on the thank you bandwagon here because I cannot resist. I need to thank Doug and Mel. Unbelievable what they, they did and what they, Doug did for me. And also Jesse and Mary Lou and Michelle and, of course, Todd and Steve. And I don't want to forget Pearl and Sabian, who made sure I had a top-flight drum set waiting there for me. So it, it was amazing. It was an incredible uh, two evenings. All right, we're coming down to less than three minutes, and we got another call. We'll try to take right quick. About Mellor, can you see the switchboard? Thanks, uh, yes, I can. What, who's the last person? I can't. For some reason, it's not showing me the first number. Is it seven? Uh, the last person. The, with the question mark beside their name. There's a three one zero. Okay, let's, that's, that's the one I can't see. All right. So let's say three one zero. You're with us. Hi, my name is Linda. I'm calling from California. Um, Who is this? I, my name is Linda. Oh, oh Linda. hey, Linda. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm calling from California, and I didn't get to go to that show, but I, I just I got home in enough time to, to get on a couple minutes, and I just want to tell my Todd story. Um, I started going to concerts with my one best friend, Michelle, from high school back in the 70s. We, I think, went to every concert we could go to. We would get a ride from somebody, hitch our way back home. Our parents, of course, never knew. Um, so I'm in Central Park, all on the East Coast, because that's where you know I, we, I grew up. And when I moved to California, I had lost touch with um, my girl, my best girlfriend, and I found her through um, Facebook. And we actually arranged. I found out she was in California. 25 of the 26 years I was in Southern California, we never knew we were that close to each other. So two years ago, we got together when Todd was playing in LA. And we met up for the first time, having not seen each other in 30 years. And it was like time stood still between her and I, and then going to a talk concert together, something we always did. So that was a very fond memory. So Very nice. Very uh, fun. Well, thanks for sharing I, that with us. And uh, hopefully you'll get to see one of these orchestra shows, or Todd will come back to California sometime soon. They keep yeah. crying for him think, to get back I here. I think but. he had a show in April, but I wasn't able to go out here. There was something. Uh, my, I, I couldn't arrange it in my work schedule, but my girlfriend went, and she had invited me. But... I, I don't have as much flexibility time-wise, but I think I have every Todd album CD, even back to the, what was it? Um, uh, back to the bars. Is that Run? 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 Yeah. Oh, is that? Run. Yeah. I, All right, well, I hey, join us on our Facebook page. It's Todd Rundgren, Rundgren Radio, and we'll uh, stay in touch with us. All right. So we got I have a up. question I'd like to ask before we run out of time, if possible. All right. Get it quick. We've got about 35 seconds. Eddie, very quickly, what did, did Todd ha- say anything to you? Did you all have any moments? We had moments, and we had a especially nice dinner after the first night, which will go down in my book as a, a dream come true night for me. So believe me, it, it it was it was just as you would think and hope that it might be for somebody that had this dream for life since for 40 years. It was, <laughs> you know, and I really that's I can't stop. That. I owe you guys for life. <laughs> no, all right, so we've gone off live. We're still recording it a little bit, but um, so two hours, man. That time's paused. We didn't really even get to break down the show, the set list, or anything, Mel. We got to do another oh. show, I guess, sometime. But it, it was worth it because we got some great conversation from Carl and Steve and Eddie, of course, and the callers. Steve, man, we really appreciate it again. Uh, you being so generous with your time. I know you're busy. Oh, you know? thank you. It was a great pleasure. Gets, yeah, it gives me the opportunity to just relive the the, the experience a little bit more because it was just a great great weekend. Sure was. Hopefully we'll get to do it again soon, Eddie. Yeah, we'd love to see well. you again. I'm sorry I didn't get to meet you, but next time, I promise. Okay. Yeah. Steve, right. it was great working with you, man. I was, it's highlight working with you, buddy. Thank you. Yep. 
can't can't wait to do it again whenever that might be. I'm ready. All right, take care. <laughs> All right, folks. Okay. Good night, next. everybody. Good night. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. You are the crest of the crown, my friend. Well, thank you so much for your support. 